her every day, living for messy action. This is the Lifestyle Leadership Podcast for women who want to be the best version of themselves while making an impact. And who are willing to take messy and perfect action to get there. I'm Jordan. And I'm Dr. Tay. And we are here to guide and empower you to lead yourself every day. Let's dive into today's episode. All right, y'all, we are back for another episode. And today you have heard me talk about the habits of thinking assessment. So we're going to do, I was going to say, we're going to do something different, but I feel like we always say that, but we are going to actually review Jordan's habit of thinking assessment that she took. So I'd love to hear just from the get-go and then I'll explain what it is, but what were kind of like your initial thoughts, taking it, seeing the results, that type of thing. So I've taken a handful of like personality tests before. So I felt like I kind of had an expectation, but when I came into the quiz, it was interesting because it was brief. I mean, it was only two sections and having to basically, when you take this quiz, you have to kind of rank. And that's where I always get hard because I take it very seriously. Cause I'm like, well, that one would be worse than that one. And you know, that one would be, and so, and then it's hard to rank bad things. You're like, I wish I could give them all tens because they're all horrible, you know? So it challenged me to kind of think through scenarios and it's always funny seeing results because they're not often super surprising. I mean, sometimes they are, but what I find more in like results, like the habit finder and personality quizzes is that they're kind of peaceful and validating in a way that's just like, this is who I am. And so here are the things that I can work on. And if I work on them, or maybe I choose two, like, here's what my target kind of is, or like my desired outcome would be. Yeah. I always say that awareness is the first piece to change. We literally cannot change without first becoming aware of it. And so it's always a really interesting dynamic when I work with clients in a coaching session and we spend a lot of time on awareness and they're like, give me the deliverables. And I'm like, that's, that's not, you know, how this works. And a lot of times we want those quick fixes, those deliverables, those feel good. But the reason we're not able to maintain those is because our underlying habits of thinking that created the old habits that hasn't shifted. And so when we add this new behavior on or like this quote unquote new fix, if our brain is thinking in the same way, that's eventually why we drift away from that new habit because our thoughts and our feelings aren't in alignment with the actions we're taking. And so we do spend a lot, a lot of time building awareness and thinking about how we're thinking, which sounds abstract, But in practicality, like the feedback that I get from clients is like, wow, we're really slowing down, but I feel so much more connected with myself and tune with myself. Yeah. And I think that it's helpful to know the areas. I mean, everyone has areas that they know they need, maybe not even need to improve on. It's just to be, like you said, to be aware of like, Hey, typically when I'm in a situation where I have these two options, I kind of veer towards, you know, being this way and just knowing that about yourself, I feel like is very helpful, whether you're starting a business, whether you in your relationships and your parenting across all aspects of life. Yeah, definitely. I also found it interesting that you said like when you were ranking things, you take it very seriously and it almost feels a little stressful because it's like you want to get the right answer. And the really ironic thing is one of your habits of thinking, which we'll we'll talk about in a second, popped up 
that that supports that thought pattern. So for some people taking it that, you know, they can sit there, rank it, be done. It's about, it takes about 10 to 15 minutes, but it is such an easy thing to overthink. And here's the thing when you go take this assessment, you can go do it now. It's habitfindercoach.com forward slash Dr. Tay. We'll also link it in the show notes. But when you do it, if you are an overthinker, what I'm going to encourage you to do is to not allow yourself to sit there and obsess about it and think about every little thing. It's not going to change the results. The only thing it's going to do in the process is create more stress for you and more worry. But at, at the core, the way that this is designed, it's insane. So this isn't something I designed. This is a coaching program I'm certified through and they have this assessment, but they've had over 200,000 people take this assessment mm-hmm. and it was developed over, I mean, hours upon hours. And the way that it's developed is literally based on a mathematical algorithm It is pretty incredible. But one of the things, and then we'll kind of dive in that I want to point out, because Jordan, you also mentioned this, is a lot of these other assessments. And other assessments can be amazing. But a lot of times what the other assessments are describing, and you even said this word, is your your personality. Mm -hmm. So like you look at the Enneagram, for example, you know, that is describing more personality traits. This, on the other hand, is measuring the underlying way that your brain thinks. It's almost like an x-ray for your brain. And one of the things that as we go through this, and I'll encourage you to keep this in mind, Jordan, is like none of these things are, are you. They are just describing how your brain thinks and when you're more likely to start to have sabotaging thoughts. Just as a reminder, anything shared on our episodes are not clinical advice please talk to a qualified mental health professional if you are needing more support. So the example of this on your measure, and I use this one a lot, is that the measure of perfection came up. And so I'll hear a lot of people be like, yeah, I'm perfectionistic. And that is describing you as a whole being. What this would be saying is that your thoughts tend to be more perfectionistic. And there might be areas in which it's sabotaging you. There also might be areas that it's really serving you. And so that's what makes this a little bit different is it's not like when I'm an Enneagram eight, for example, but I hear this, people are like, well, I'm an eight and I'm this way. And it almost makes it feel like these characteristics are ingrained. They're part of you. And again, I think the Enneagram can be an awesome tool, but sometimes we get stuck in how we view ourselves. And then we don't actually realize that these things are changeable. And all of these results are things that you can work to learn how to have more supportive thoughts. So cool. All right, so let's kind of dive in, which will be a little interesting because usually when I do this, I'm sharing my screen with the client or I'll do this. I've done it on Instagram too, where I kind of like review results, but basically it's breaking it down into six different areas. And then within those six areas, there's six different measurement types. And so the first section is about your inner world. So we're looking at your dreams, your joy, and also how you view you yourself. And so Jordan, let's just kind of start out. And I'm curious from you, what stood out when you looked at your results? So under my dreams, I have two kind of like moderate risks that are perfection and fantastical, which definitely speak to 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I've considered myself having perfectionist thoughts. So I guess that one's kind of interesting to me, but maybe I do. I mean, maybe I do have really high expectations. So maybe it's not necessarily in my work product, but in relationships and stuff like that, you know, maybe other aspects of my life. Yeah. So sometimes I find that people see the word perfection and we have like a societal connotation for what perfectionism means, you know, but it actually this high expectation or this really high drive to achieve and want to reach a certain level and potentially not being satisfied until you reach that Mm -hmm. certain level. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay. In what ways can you think like any examples that come to mind of Yeah. I mean, I put an immense amount of pressure on myself and I don't think that I'm perfect in the sense of like, or want to be perfect in the sense of like, Oh, I want like the perfect house and like the perfect, you know, Instagram, but I do like want things like that. You know, I want the clean house and the white house and the pumpkins on the front porch. And at the same time, when it comes to like an internal, that's very external, but an internal is like, I want success and I want it like now. Yeah. And I want like the highest level of success, not like mediocre success. Absolutely. And so what you're describing, and we often see that these, these thought patterns hang together. You have two additional thought patterns that are coming up that I want to kind of point out. So under the myself section, the first one is comparison. So talking about, you know, like, you want the perfect pumpkins on the porch mm-hmm. or the clean house or Instagram to be a certain way that's coming from this just natural comparison mm-hmm. of what other people have. When I kind of describe it in that way, what, what comes up for you there? I think that definitely, you know, social media has created an opportunity for uh, people to shift more into that comparison because you get to see everyone's, you know, highlight reel. I also think that I compare myself to myself a lot. I am in a very unique situation in my life that I have never been in before for multiple reasons. I have two kids. I just quit my job. My husband's an entrepreneur and I find myself often not necessarily comparing my success necessarily to other people's success, but to a point in my life where I used to feel more successful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's coming to mind as you say that is, and I don't remember what episode number it was, but basically where we were both sharing about our jobs and, you know, it was the moment you got a little tearful talking about what your, your kid's Christmas would Mm -hmm. be like. And you know, that, that's an example of you're thinking back to past Christmases and you've set the standard and yeah, your kids don't know that, but yeah. I mean, I think some of it is, you know, that can you see that connection? Yeah, for sure. And I think too, like, I remember distinctly, there was a period of time after I had Hudson where I like felt my groove, you know what I'm saying? I was working out in the mornings. I was you know, excited to be back in the office. I was getting ready every morning. I was on top of my growth. I started a side business that I was really passionate about. And so it's just, it's interesting when you're like in a season of life and you feel like you're thriving, you kind of get knocked off your rocker a little bit when you go through having another kid and a bunch of life change. And it's so easy to say, well, I want to be back at like that point in my life. Yeah. 
And I, you created a reel actually the other day where you were kind of talking about being the working mom and how you were, you know, thriving with mm-hmm. Hudson and being the working mom. And then you didn't feel that same thing with yeah. two kids. Yeah. What's this like for you to kind of, I guess, share it out loud and process through it in this out loud way? I've definitely done lots of processing, but I think it always feels, you know, I have no like negative emotion or shame about being a, a work in progress, but also be like knowing these things about yourself and being able to work through it and process things out loud and just say, okay, this is how, this is what is happening. I feel like it's a very liberating, but also like productive process. Yeah. You know, it can be interesting too. It is liberating and it is, it is productive. And a lot of times, at least my personal experiences also doing this with clients is there can be this level that it's hard to hear out loud, you know, or have something confirm it. So all of those can coexist together. And, you know, right now we're focusing on the areas that are sabotaging you, but, you know, and what the, the listeners can't see is there are a lot of supportive habits popping up for you as well. And one that right off the bat that comes to mind for me or pops out for me is under your joy section, you're grateful with Mm -hmm. your thought patterns and how does that apply to your life? Oh, I think gratitude is so important. I think gratitude will literally rewire your brain. Now I'm not someone that sits around all day and is like, Oh, I'm so grateful. I actually learned this because I often fall into the pattern of like complaining and pointing out the negative things and just being kind of like, when you start the day off mopey, it really does snowball. So it's been critical to me and my family, truthfully, that I start the day with a grateful heart. And I'm very cautious to make sure that doesn't mean that I am having toxic positivity, you know, and just like tossing anything negative under the rug. But I do genuinely believe, and I mean, there are psychological studies that prove this, that like the more good you see, the more good you see and the more grateful you are. So like, even if X, Y, and Z is happening, I try and say that stinks. X, Y, and Z is happening. Also, I am so grateful that I got a good night's sleep last night. Like I said that on my stories this morning, I am so grateful that I talked myself into going to this women's group and Bible study last night. Cause it really filled my cup. You know, I am just so grateful that it's freezing cold outside. And then I get to be in this cozy house with a coffee maker and like my snuggly little baby, like just random small things like that have really helped me, um, kind of perk up when I feel myself getting in that like mopey state. It almost sounds like what you're describing too, is it's grounding for Mm -hmm. you. Yeah, it definitely is because of the fantastical, which I don't think we've gone there yet, but maybe because of the fantastical thought pattern, which is me just kind of like continuously trying to think about the future. And Taylor always says, and I now try and like stick with this is like joy lives in the present moment. So like, what can you be grateful for in this present moment, even if the world is kind of swirling around you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we can go into fantastical and you basically described it. It's really thinking into the future. This is usually the one that kind of trips people up when I'm reviewing it. Full disclosure, when I did this assessment for the first time, I was like, oh yeah, like everything on this describes me so well, fantastical, like hell no, that is not me. And why I didn't think it resonated with me is I kind of grouped it under this category of catastrophization where you're always worrying about things. And I was like, I'm not worrying that much. For me, this looked like I was just living in the future, in the what's next constantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you look at my text messages with like my close friends, 80% of them, I caught myself doing this the other day. 80% of them are saying like, we should plan blank, blank, blank. Or when my husband and I talk, it's like, man, I really want to buy a beach house in 30A. Man, I can't wait until whatever, whatever. And I've caught myself doing this so often instead of just being like, hey, how are you today? You know, or like, isn't this great? And this goes back to the gratefulness. Like, and I do feel like that's why it's very grounding for me. I sat in the car on the way to daycare last week and I was like, we're on the way to pre-K pickup. And like, I really would love to plan a trip. Like my baby is one. I'm not trying actively right now to have another baby, probably not for another year, but literally I was like, I'm going to text my friend and I'm going to say like, we really need to plan a girl's trip before I start trying for baby number three. And she goes, or is that happening? And I was like, no, probably not until like September of next year. She's like, okay, (laughs) hi, you know, also, how are you? You know, it's just like constant living in the future. Yeah. And That's so fascinating. And there's some ways, I just want to caveat this. It can be really fun to dream Mm -hmm. and to set goals. Like you want a beach house, you know, on 30A. If people don't know, that's in Florida. And it is like, oh, it's just amazing. So I, I get it. But, you know, it's good to have goals. But what I think about with you is how is this potentially sabotaging you? And one of the things is, and you referenced this earlier, it also came up on your assessment is like, you want things right now. Mm -hmm. And so some of it is when you start to think about the future and what you're trying to create, you also have this measurement where your habits of thinking tend to be very impatient. You want to create things now. And so that a lot of times can end up feeling like we are failing because Mm -hmm. we're not reaching this beautiful dream as quickly as we want. When we have impatience and fantastical mixed hand in hand, it can lead to some defeat. Or it also, yeah, like we talked about, can make you think about so much of the future that you're missing the now. now. Yeah, for sure. Can you think of any examples like with kind of this combination of fantastical impatience that have been coming up for you? Yeah. So right before we press record, we were just talking about, you know, every week is like a stepping stone in my transition to being like a stay at home, work from home mom. I've taken my youngest out of daycare completely right now. And part of one of the things that's very important to me and my core, which doesn't have to be the same for any other working mom, but I just like really wanted to be able to have things done. Like I wanted to be able to have the clean laundry in my kids, you know, drawer so that morning meltdowns were reduced, you know, and I love cooking nutritious meals and snacks for my family. And that's something that I wanted to do more of when I quit my job. So now I find myself here And I have these kind of like dreams and plans and I'm moving on them. Like they're going right. 
but I also am kind of like, okay. Um, so I folded my 19th load of laundry, you know, and I'm just using that as an example, but being home with a, I guess you'd call him a toddler now, but he's still my baby, but like being home with a 14 month old all day who only naps for an hour and a half, two hours a day, that's new to me, you know? And so just like the concept of like, I know I'm going to figure out my rhythm. I know that my businesses are going to grow and that we're going to figure things out. And I also know that I've kind of like, in a sense, wished for where I am. So it's just interesting that that impatience and that fantastical are kind of like, again, going head to head with my like gratitude for this season. Yeah. And it's interesting because what we notice on the assessment then is under my joy is there's this measurement of feeling discouraged or having thoughts, you know, habits of thinking around discouragement. When I mention that, how do you think that fits in for you? Well, I'm reading it because Taylor and I both have my results up on our screens. So it's interesting because it says the difference between expectations and reality And like one of my big things is I have very, very high expectations, not only of myself, but of everyone around me, you know, especially my husband. And sometimes frequently that can lead to me not necessarily even being discouraged because someone has done something discouraging to me, but because my expectations are continuously so elevated over what you know, the reality has been and is, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in vacations. I mean, I, I mean, you name it, my expectations are like high. So I can definitely see where I'm grateful. And I try and use that gratefulness to, you know, drive joy in my life, but I do get discouraged a lot daily, which is where I kind of have to have that Mm self-talk. Yeah. Does doing the laundry feel as dreamy right now as it did when you were thinking about it? (laughs) No, I had all these plans that I would get ready every morning and work out every morning early. And I'd be at the park with a mom's group, you know, and Starbucks. And it's just take, it's looking a little different right now. Yeah. And so It's interesting because you're kind of having a mix of all of this come together is your ability to dream is beautiful, right? And that that can be great for goal setting. But if you're dreaming in a way that it's creating so many expectations on, on how you want things to be, it's not surprising then you're feeling some discouragement when you actually arrive because you've made this like dreamy state of, oh, this is going to be so amazing. And there's always hardships and things when every season of life, and it's that difference of what you expected it to be, which for you is so clear. It's so real that when you actually arrive in the present moment, you've thought about every single aspect and then it doesn't live up to what dream. Or I had a client that it was, she was a coaching client of mine. And this was one of the most salient things for her is, and she didn't come into coaching thinking we were going to focus on this, but she was like, I also would be so far into the future and have these expectations that by the time I actually arrived there, that even if everything was playing mm-hmm. out exactly how, how I dreamed, like, it was like, okay, well, I've already experienced this. and yeah. so it loses that joy. Yeah. 
Is that something you relate to? I wouldn't say that much, but I can see how, I mean, cause we've talked many times that it takes just as much energy to think about doing something as it does to do it. And I use the vacation that I just went on as an example, multiple times here, because I was like, so excited for this vacation. We had planned it for a year. It's to my favorite place. My whole family was going to be together. And I had, then I had quit my job and my last day just so happened to be before this vacation. So I was like, this is my week, you know? And so I could definitely see how like I built it up so much and was just so hyped about it. And then when I got there, I had two small children, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, I mean, this is great. This is awesome. You know, but yeah, it's just here I am. Yeah. So it's almost like the excitement and the hype, the buildup can sometimes be greater than the experience in some yeah. levels. Yeah. And, you know, I want to tie this back to gratitude for you because I think it's an interesting thing to think about. And sometimes we don't always see eye to eye on kind of thoughts about gratitude. Like I'll be like, is that toxic positivity? You know, and we have these conversations and this is, there is no right or wrong answer here. And that's with all of this. It's not good versus bad. It's not black and white. That that's what we call a systemic thought pattern. And that type of thought pattern is not going to serve you. There's flexibility. There's always gray area. But one of the things just for you to be aware of is that, okay, so you easily dream into the future. You know, you can visualize all of it. You have this high expectation. Then that expectation isn't met. So you start to feel naturally a little discouraged about it. And so making sure though, that gratitude doesn't come in and just trump all of that and be like, right, but there's so many other. So grateful. Yeah. Yeah. And we, before we hit record, we had kind of a conversation about laundry, you know, and like you did, you thought the laundry would be a little bit more dreamy and it doesn't. And what I said before we hit record is like, it can be both things. You can feel gratitude for being in this, this place that you are, that you have left your job. You don't have to feel gratitude for everything. It's okay to feel like the laundry still sucks. Like nothing's changed about the laundry, but that doesn't mean that you're not fulfilled or that you're, you're regretting taking this leap into, you know, being more present with your kids and starting your own business. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's good. So another area was structure and having a resistance to structure and rules. When I say that, what comes to mind there? Well, initially that was surprising to me because I actually love structure, but then when I click on, you know, we're on the website, like I said, and you can kind of like click on and like read more. And it said that it's a very entrepreneur characteristic, which, you know, is not shocking and aligns with me and definitely more of like independent thinker. Like it says only following rules that make sense. So, I mean, I still think it's interesting, but then before this, we kind of talked about it in a different light, not, not necessarily just like rules, but also, um, kind of like the freedom of having freedom the freedom of having time freedom and then realizing and recognizing that like, okay, you still need structure like within that time freedom in order to actually have it be free. Because if you have so many hours in the day and you just like, don't know what to do with any of them. And you're just kind of like, let's just do something now. What's next. 
then you aren't actually utilizing your freedom. Yeah. And for the record, you know, we discuss stuff ahead of time for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, Jordan and I have become friends through this. So it was a little bit of like curiosity. And at one point I remember we were talking, I'm like, oh, we should be recording right now, <laughs> but we didn't, you know, but the other thing is like, there, there's a lot of vulnerability in her willingness to take this and to share her results and to talk through this, that I just wanted to make sure she knew what was going to come up. So it didn't completely blindside her as we were chatting through this. So, but we did have, unfortunately, some good conversations before we yeah. hit the record button. But yeah, if, if this was one of our really, really early episodes, but I talked about an analogy of like, you need walls, right? In order to have a house, you can't have the house without the walls. And in order to have the air, like the room around you, but you need those walls. But notice there's this balance here. You don't have walls everywhere. You have to have space to breathe, which is that concept of time freedom that so many entrepreneurs crave and leaving, you know, the structure of corporate, for example. And what sometimes happens then, because it's just so natural for entrepreneurs to love that freedom and they crave that freedom, then they want no structure. And yeah. in order to truly have time freedom, you have to have some structure. You have to have some predictability in your schedule because otherwise, you know, I hear this a lot. It's like, well, I don't want a schedule. And for some things that works, but like Jordan was talking about her business and scheduling calls, like you have to have some structure in order to be able to share that with your clients. And if you don't, if you're just like winging it all the time, that just naturally creates more stress where you're like, oh gosh, where am I going to fit this in? Versus having like time blocks, for example, where it's like, I see clients during this time that actually creates more freedom than to have other days where you're like, I'm going to take my kids to the zoo today and be completely off my phone. And that is okay because my clients know, you know, that I work on certain days of the week or that I'll get back to them within 24 to 48 hours. That's one of my policies, right? So that I'm not like, constantly on my phone being like, oh, do I have a client or, or a patient to respond to? Yeah. I also think it's interesting how different these habits for me are different in different environments. So like for disciplined, I'm very, it says I'm very resistant to rules and structure in my personal life. I am very structured. Like I am currently trying to find my routine at home, trying to create that structure and discipline but I do think that like one of the things I absolutely hated about corporate life was that I had to be on from like 8.30 to 4.30 and it's like you get a one hour lunch break and people need you and I just hated it. I hated it. Like I was like, if I feel like I have done my business and gotten what I need to, you know, be done for the day and it's beautiful outside and I want to go take a two hour walk and not think, not feel like I'm tied or like cheating on my work. I want to be able to do that. And it just, that voice started screaming so loudly to me that that was like a lifestyle that I needed. So when it comes to that, most definitely would be resistant to like, I guess maybe someone else's schedule for me might yeah, be a good way to put be, that. Yeah. Projected onto you. Yeah. And 
you know, what a lot of people say when they're resistant to structure is that it suppresses their creativity, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and the ability also for them to exist as, as a person, as a human first. And that's kind of what you're, you're describing there. It's also coming to mind for me too, though, that this can, this has actually sabotaged a lot of my opportunity for community and relationship. Um, When I think of like a structure being presented to me, I have like wanted so badly to find like a mom's group, a Bible study, you know, a community of moms that I could just go to weekly, bi-weekly, whatever. And I mean, legit, there are probably hundreds in my area. I tried to find one one time, but I was working full-time. The majority of them were during the day. Well, so I found one at 8 PM. A few of my friends went and they're like, you should come, you should come. And I kept saying no, because I just kept thinking, I don't want to put the kids to bed and feel like I have to go somewhere at eight o'clock at night. But I also didn't want to go at 10 AM. And I also really wanted to be a part of a community. So I can definitely see where this resistance to like have other people count on me and need me at certain times can also in a sense be a a roadblock when I actually do need to be a little bit more structured because that structure will help me achieve something else that I've been desiring. Yeah. And a couple of things come to mind there. Another one that came up for you is a habit of thinking around being inflexible with structure. So it's actually under your work section. And that's kind of what you're describing there is kind of like, nope, yes, I don't want to put the kids down and then go to, you know, Bible study or whatnot. And so there, there is this balance and some of it is finding your rhythm. And the other thing that you pointed out, which is such an important point, again, these are not personality traits. So this is not saying that you're resistant across the board, right? But there's certain ways that this habit of thinking is showing up in your life and sabotaging you. And you just described that like in community and, you know, in connection, like that's an example of where it is versus maybe that flexibility and like go with the flow aspect or even having certain ways that you do things like, you know, regardless of what it is, but maybe it serves you in your home life and actually isn't sabotaging at all. And yeah, exactly. Those can coexist together. And that's where we're not thinking about when we interpret our results, we're not thinking about this in a systemic way where it's like, I am this way. It's like, no, there's certain areas where this is showing up and sabotaging you. And that that's like, a key difference, I would say, between this and a lot of the other measures, because a lot of the other measures would kind of put you into a box as right way. And then what happens there, it's interesting to think about, is when we agree, it's easy to go all in with that. Mm-hmm. But when we disagree with something, because it's like you're in this box, it's like, no, 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 that that's just not right. And so not me. Yeah. We don't consider the ways that it does apply. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know we've been kind of going through this, but anything else, I guess, pop up for you in this measure before we kind of start to wrap up this episode? Just as a quick reminder, if listeners, if you want to take this, you can go to habitfindercoach.com forward slash Dr. Tay. You'll get your results right away. And then if you want to do, you know, more of a deep dive of your results, I ought I I offer free calls to be able to do that and kind of think about the application for you. 
That's awesome. No, this is, this is cool. I mean, I, like I said at the beginning, it's just so funny, the things that you like kind of know about yourself, but maybe you haven't like spoken them out loud. Like Taylor and I have a lot of conversations about who we want on the podcast. And I am, she said the other day, like you make me laugh how skeptical you are. And I, I know that I have grown into like a big skeptic, especially when it comes to like mom things and the the words I'm putting out, like the truths that I'm putting out on the podcast. And so one of my like, kind of like yellows was like leaning towards skepticism instead of like support. And so it's just funny the way that you can put this out on paper versus it just all being like in your brain. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. It is pretty cool how, and it helps sometimes to contextualize, you know, why things are a certain way. But I, I literally looked at your results and I laughed at that because I was like, I literally just told her this the other day. And she, by the way, for the record, she totally owned it. It wasn't like a 100%. Yeah. She was like, oh yeah, you're right. I am. Um, so that was cool. But the other thing to keep in mind is all of these things are changeable. And like the version of this you might've taken a year ago because I know you've worked on so much personal growth and yourself and you're constantly diving into yourself, you would have gotten different results a year ago than you would now. And that's the really cool thing is this awareness begins to help you think about what you want to shift. So I'm curious for you, what would be like a takeaway or two from kind of doing this assessment review? Definitely remembering that I can find joy and gratitude in the moment and have a level of dream without kind of letting them go too far as to clash. And then I felt like the resistance to kind of that like rules structure, that's something that I, I never would have been able to like verbalize that, you know, but that also went hand in hand about the inflexibility. I'm like, no, bedtime for me is 8.30. I have to be in my bed at 8.30, but it's like, I actually don't, you know? So just learning how to kind of navigate that when it's important and be a little bit more spontaneous um, or else you'll miss out, you know, on life sometimes. Yeah, actually it's really funny. So every episode we post on Wednesday. So Jordan and I delegate what we do. And so Jordan usually does like, some of the, like the social media graphics and then show notes. And I, I actually am the one that like puts it in, schedules it, does the more technical aspect of it for getting the episode up and running. So I text her last night around 8 PM because we're recording this on a Wednesday and our episodes air Wednesday morning. And I'm like, Hey, did you do this show notes yet? And she's like, no, but I'm at Bible study. I'll do them around 10 PM. And I was like, Taylor was like, what? (laughs) I was like, I literally responded. I was like, I'll be up because I'm the night owl. Yeah. Two of us, but, but yeah, but it's true. And you said you, you left feeling. Yes. So So good. I actually like, I have people that go and I was going to text them and I was like, you know what? No. Cause if they're not going, then I'm really going to have a reason not to go. And I mean, like my kids were already in PJs. I'm like, I'm almost there. You know, I'm like almost at the end of my day, but you know, I like made myself a tea. And I listened to good music on the way there. And it was a great message, great mom talk. And even though none of my friends ended up going, so I'm glad I didn't text them. Um, But, and I literally sat in a back row by myself. I didn't really, at that time of night, I'm like, I'm here, but I don't want to network. I don't want to talk. I don't want to like engage. I want to sit here quietly by myself, drink my tea and listen to other people talk. So it was perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
would you want one little tidbit of your first part of like, you know, thinking about the future, but then balancing that out? One yeah. of the things that I found helpful. So this is something I work on in coaching with people, but it's learning. One of the things we can use our fantastical thinking, because that's something for you that will always be there. You know, yeah. it's just kind of how your brain is, but making it so it sabotages you less. So one of the cool things to do is when you start to think about and start to dream about something, one of the challenges is we often become attached to mm. that thought and we want it to happen that way. So what I encourage people to do is start taking different pathways to get to that oh. same outcome or also thinking about the different outcomes. So I tell people, Think about, okay, well, you know, you want the best case scenario. Okay. What will that be like for you? How will you feel? Okay. Let's think about the worst case scenario now. Mm -hmm. And then let's think about all the options in between. And you don't even need to go through all the options, but what you're starting to do is you start to almost like poke holes in it needing to be this one way, but you still have the goal. It's still in mind. You're still going to use it as inspiration, but you're not getting attached to that one outcome or that one path. Cause sometimes too, that one outcome, like, you know, making money in your business, for example, there's so many different ways you can do that, but we often get attached to one outcome with one path. And that's where the discrepancy between expectation and reality yeah, comes that's from. That's so good. And now that you say that, when you put all of your eggs in that one basket, for lack of a better term, that one outcome becomes extremely emotional. And it's like your emotions are all tied to it. And so if it doesn't happen, then it's like extra. Yeah. Yeah. And you start to feel like a failure too. And that something is inherently wrong with you. And at the core, the thing that was quote unquote wrong, I don't even like using that word is that you just simply became attached to this one path in this one outcome. Right. Right. So good. We are almost done with this episode, but we want to leave you with tangible steps to apply this. We are all about taking messy action and we would encourage you to embrace that with us. Here's this week's takeaway. So I guess for the messy action this week, of course, not going to require it, but I find, yes, this is something I promote and yes, I'll be transparent. This is like a feeder into my coaching program, but I also advertise this as, listen, if you just want to learn how your brain thinks, this is a free resource. Yeah. So that's your messy action for this week is go take it and see what your results look like. Absolutely. There's so many, I mean, I could sit and like really dive into this. You can click on every bar and it's so insightful. So head to Taylor's bio, click the habit finder, habits of thinking assessment tab and take it and see yeah. what your results are. Yeah. It's linked on my Instagram as well. So yeah, but we'll link it in the show notes. So you're able to easily find it and can't and maybe wait. they won't be done at 10 p.m. next time. Maybe they'll be done more at like 2 p.m. We'll see <laughs> how long I can be a night owl. Yes, yes. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we will connect with you guys next week. Bye, y'all. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode. We love when you share your imperfect but impactful progress with us on social media. We've linked our Instagram, leadher.everyday in the show notes so you can tag us. Make sure you don't miss the next episode. Hit subscribe to stay up to date. See you next time.